This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 17th of February 2021, another auspicious day yesterday. That's right. Yesterday we finally got the Therapeutic Goods Administration approval of the Oxford University AstraZeneca vaccine in Australia, which was something that was hinted at was coming soon last week by Paul Kelly, but uh, yesterday it happened. Norman, give us the fine print. Well, I'll give you the big print first. Look, And the big print is that this is a really good decision and trustworthy decision on the part of the Therapeutic Goods Administration. It creates a political problem for the government, but it's it's a it's a sound decision based on the evidence. So they've they've maintained an independent position. So it's really quite impressive. So the first thing is that they have said, and I think we've presaged this on Coronacast, they've said that the ideal dosage is twelve weeks apart. So it's standard dose of the Astra vaccine, 12 weeks apart. Now, the evidence is from the clinical trials, and presumably they got more since the, the published trial in, um, in December, is that if you give the vaccine three months apart, then you get 90% efficacy in terms of preventing symptoms, uh, mild to severe symptoms of COVID-19. And it gives 100% protection against severe disease. So in fact, the dosage regime that they've recommended brings it up to the performance of the Pfizer vaccine. When you say a standard dose, is that the original standard dose that was always being used or is that the half dose that was used in one of the parts of the trial that we were talking about last year? No, my understanding is that it's two standard doses according to the trial, not the accidental half dose that was given as part of the British trial. So it's two standard doses, three months apart. And if we're able to do that, there is a problem with that, by the way, is that you can get variants coming in. It's a long time to wait and new things can happen with the virus. But it does give you that high degree of efficacy, which is great news. The detail here is that they had a problem with their trial, is that they were late in recruiting people over 65. And the trials do not have a large number of people aged over 65 who actually got infected. So they can't actually give you a number for the efficacy of the vaccine in the over 65s. They can give you the average but not for the over 65s themselves. Now, what they say is that in the, and it's true, in the laboratory testing of over 65s, they got a very strong antibody response, which makes you think that you will get efficacy in the over 65s, but they've got no proof of it in trials yet. That will emerge as time goes on. And therein lies the problem for the government because in the light of that, they probably, you know, and they're going to go with the evidence people over 65 should get the Pfizer vaccine to be absolutely sure. It's highly likely the Astra one will work in over 65s. It'll certainly prevent severe disease, you would imagine, but there's no solid evidence of that at this moment in time. You'd be going on the antibodies. On the, on the flip side of that, just so that I don't sound too negative about all this, is that when you bring on a new vaccine into the market, like influenza vaccines or others, which has already been tested in randomised trials, you do tend to go on whether or not they have an effective antibody response and rely on that. So it's not unusual to rely on an antibody response. It's just that at the moment we'd like to know that it does prevent disease. So that's the story. What's been approved is a 90% effective vaccine and therefore it will prevent severe disease and be really good at mild to moderate disease and maybe 
uh, prevent transmission because it's one of the few vaccines to be tested for transmission. That's right. So I went along to the press conference yesterday with AstraZeneca, along with uh, our Coronacast producer, Will Ockenden, who everyone knows and loves from his regular appearances on the show as well. And we were able to put a couple of questions to Liz Chatwin, who was the person who was representing AstraZeneca there. So let's listen to one that Will asked about the question of over 65s. Clinical trial data has shown that over 65s experience strong immune responses to the AstraZeneca vaccine. And in fact, 100% exhibit antibodies uh, after the second dose, 100%. Um, we know that the vaccine is also well tolerated in the older population of over 65s. Probably the other important thing to, to stress is the AstraZeneca vaccine was first approved at the end of last year. So we've had six weeks of use and tens of millions of doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine have been used around the world. And many of those doses have been used in, in over 65 age group. And so that's just repeating what we said earlier, which is that you get strong antibody responses in the over 65s, but not enough infections in the trial to show that it really does prevent symptomatic disease. And it's true, tens of millions of doses, and this is a highly safe vaccine. If it wasn't, the TGA wouldn't have approved it. So, I mean, I'm really comforted by, you know, what, what does it matter what I think? But the fact is that the TGA could have unqualified approved it for over 65s, but they've followed the data and they've been careful here. And I think that's really quite impressive because I bet you the government would have loved them to have given carte blanche to the over 65s because it solves a problem for them in terms of access to the Pfizer vaccine. It sort of gives us a bet each way, though, doesn't it? Like, it's still available to over 65s on a case-by-case basis. Obviously, like you said, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that we don't have the evidence yet to show that it works. And presumably that will be revised as that evidence does come through in down the track. Yeah, and I'm not sure what case-by-case basis actually means. I mean, I think there needs to be a public health response which says, I suspect there needs to be a public health response that says, the Pfizer vaccine will be made available to the over 65s until they have data on the AstraZeneca. We've got the, we've got the Pfizer vaccine coming in, and after the first priority group has been immunised, then you can start immunising people with the Pfizer vaccine. Then everybody else can get the AstraZeneca. I'll be very happy to get the AstraZeneca three months apart because I know it's going to give me the same performance as Pfizer. But I think the government's got to make some decisions about what it's going to provide to older people. Right. And then another question that's an enduring question that we've spoken about a lot on Coronacast is the lack of evidence as to whether these vaccines prevent disease, but we have less evidence as to whether it prevents people from perhaps becoming infected and passing on that virus without having any external symptoms. So I was also able to ask Liz about that yesterday. Yeah, just to be clear, the the terminology here is asymptomatic infection that would spread. So in other words, you could be infected, but are you likely to transmit it? And in fact, the Astra trial was one of the few to test that in the trial and test it quite systematically. So on transmission, we actually have some encouraging data that shows that the AstraZeneca vaccine may actually have an impact on transmission, but that's about all I can say at the moment. We need to remember that we're in a global pandemic. So at the heart of the government's vaccination strategy is to prevent severe disease, hospitalizations and deaths, because these have the significant impact on our healthcare system. 
My understanding is that what happens next is that imported vaccine will come in, Astra vaccine, the first Astra vaccines will be imported. Uh, and then quite soon after that, the uh, locally manufactured ones, which both versions of which will be tested by the TGA to make sure that it's safe and, uh, and as on the label. And, um, and they will be rolled out quite soon in, uh, through March. And so, yeah, Liz yesterday in that press conference said basically the rollout will begin in early March with international doses, but the vast majority of the doses that Australians will get will be manufactured here in Australia, 50 million of the 53.8 million doses, and the Australian ones will start to roll out from the end of March. So another question that came up yesterday was about whether the vaccine is able to be adapted to new variants and didn't sort of hear anything that we hadn't already heard before that they're working on it and that they might have an updated version by the end of the year if that's necessary. And it's still quite likely from the evidence so far that um, the vaccine will still protect you against severe disease. And if you have it three months apart, and it's performing pretty much like the Pfizer vaccine, which is still quite effective against the South African variant. So the, the, um, so the, the, dosage, the dosage regimen becomes really important here. The one that's been recommended is likely to give you pretty good coverage against the variant. Has AstraZeneca sort of suffered from the fact that this science is all being done in real time? Like they've been trying to adjust their tests on the go. And so their, their numbers are a bit muddier than the clear numbers that we've gotten from Pfizer and Moderna. To be blunt, and I've said it before on CoronaCast, the trial's a bit of a dog's breakfast. It's not dog's breakfast scientifically, it's just that they've, 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 had, a, they've had problems with the dosage, they've changed the rules as they went on. Just to summarise, they got batches in from a manufacturing facility into Britain and they thought it was stronger than it was and they diluted it and in fact they ended up diluting what was not a stronger batch of the vaccine and ended up giving people half a dose followed by the full dose and they got a good result. They got about 90% effectiveness, but in under 55s. Remember what's happening here in these trials, and it's all of them, is that the, how they've saved time is not on safety, but checking on the dose, getting the right dose of the vaccine. That's the thing that's been foreshortened in all these trials. In the Astra trial, like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, they wondered what it would be like and how effective it would be if they just gave a single dose. And what they found with a single dose is they didn't get a strong enough antibody response. So the people who, were, who got that single dose and they didn't get a strong antibody response, they after a period of time, were extended onto a new kind of trial, which was, now we'll give you a second dose. And that's how the data emerged about three months, because a lot of these people, it was quite a while before they got the second dose. And when they got the second dose, and you compared them to the people who got it four weeks apart, they, the one who got it three months apart, not quite by accident, but by circumstance, got a much stronger response. So it's fortuitous in a way that that happened, but it makes it very complicated for the TGA and its advisors to make a decision because there's multiple sources of data and it's not kind of clean and easier to understand You know, when you look at the Pfizer or Moderna ones, not that they looked at the Moderna trial. So even though you said that the trial has been a bit of a dog's breakfast, it's not that the vaccine is a mess, it's just the way that data has filtered through. Yeah, that's right. So the, 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 your, what you said at the beginning is absolutely right. It's kind of a rolling trial. 
And that's the way the TGA has approved that. They got initial data late last year, a bit more data, a bit more data this year to help make this decision. So the data has kind of rolled in and they've been assessing it as they've gone, as the plot has changed. So it's not as if the science is unreliable. It's just messy. That's all. It's been a bumper episode. We've covered a lot today, Norman, but that is all we've got time for today. Yeah, but I'm sure you've got lots of questions about vaccines. Send them in, abc.net, or any other question that you want to ask about COVID-19, of course. Um, send it in to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Mention coronacast so we can pick it up and we will get to them. And as always, if you want to leave us a review, you know what to do in wherever you're getting your podcasts from. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then. We'll see you then. 